many of you remember reading about the Pony Express or maybe you saw it in a movie? It was an incredible system of various riders just handing off a sack of mail that could get a letter from the East Coast to the West Coast in a mere 10 days. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. So just to remind you of what the Pony Express was, starting in 1860, in April of 1860, they came up with this method of getting to get mail from the East Coast to the West Coast in in 10 days, which was a big deal back then. We hadn't gotten the trains built out West. There was no telegraph service. So communications, let's say from Washington, D.C., out to the Western territories prior to the Pony Express could take literally months. Well, this concept of these riders that worked between stations and they would hand off the mail to the next one. So around the clock, This mail is moving from essentially St. Louis, where we had train service, all the way to the West Coast. For its time and the year and a half that it operated, it was a marvel to have mail go that quickly. Well, I think the post office could take some lessons today. And I'm starting my program because I've had some people that may be wondering what's going on with the mail and everything else. We don't hear from you. I noticed the other day that uh, the record that the Pony Express has is better than the U.S. mail today, the U.S. Postal Service. I'm just getting mail now that is postmarked December the 20th. Did you hear that? Some of the mail you've sent me was postmarked December the 20th, was only arriving around the 7th or 8th of January. That's like 17, 18 days. And they didn't even have to go as far as the East Coast to the West Coast. Which makes me begin to wonder about our entire our entire supply chain, the way our mail is working, uh, the way deliveries are working. It seems only a handful of companies have got it down to a science and anything that the government has been involved with is, is just going downhill rapidly here in the United States. Oh, it must be the pandemic. It must be this. It must be that. Well, if that's the case, why are some companies able to deliver and others simply can't? I've noticed in the grocery stores. See, I mean, it's not just the mail. I mean, getting mail that's taking 17 days to come down from oh, I don't know, around Ohio or Michigan or Minnesota. And this is before any snowstorms. Postmarked on the 20th of December, arriving on the 7th or 8th of January. And so if you're wondering what happened to any mail that you've been sending to me and wondering why I haven't mentioned or anything, that's why. There seems to be a huge delay in the United States mail these days. But I've noticed something else, too. Other day, I had to stop by the grocery store. wasn't there to get a whole lot. There's a couple of things that I noticed. The prices at the grocery store keep escalating rapidly. And, and you have President Joe Biden trying to say that's the sign of a good economy? Really? That prices are skyrocketing. Gas prices have gone up, what, 
50, 60, 70% in less than a year? I mean, in, in less than a year's time, gasoline prices have skyrocketed. Home heating costs have skyrocketed. Electricity is going to go up, no doubt about it. And this same government wants everybody to get rid of their gasoline-powered cars. Why? So we can all go to electric cars and just plug it into the grid, just like your cell phone every night. The point is, our power grid in the United States, if we all switched to electric cars tomorrow, it wouldn't stand a chance of keeping up with demand. Our electrical system is now a nightmare. Why? Well, not in every state, but in many states. It's getting worse and worse. We can't build that power plant. We got to worry about climate change. Used to be global warming, but now it's just climate change. This way we can accommodate if it gets cold or hot or the weather changes. We can just call it climate change. Such nonsense. And you have people like Joe Biden, every elitist prime minister, president, or whatever their title is, is all on board with the climate change narrative. That if we don't do something about climate change, we only have 12 years left, maybe 10 years. I've been hearing we only have 10 years left for over 50 years. Uh, This year, come April, will mark 52 years since the first Earth Day. And back then, we were were told we just have 10 years left. We have to do something within 10 years or the world's going to freeze over. The pollution's going to choke us out. We're all going to die. We have to do something now. How many of you remember that? And then when the world didn't freeze over by 1982-83, you didn't hear much for a while. It just became pollution. It just became uh, fear of nuclear power plants and other things. And then in the 90s, when the temperatures went up, it was suddenly man-made global warming. We're going to burn the planet down like a great big ball of fire. I can remember listening to the Rush Limbaugh program. It's got to be, what, uh, 15, 16 years ago? And he had a Paul Shanklin parody song of, of Al Gore. Remember this? The Earth is a precious thing Because of man, it's warming Earth's temperature has risen half a degree higher So obviously the world will soon be a ball of fire Our whole world will be a burning ball of fire Polar bears drown, drown as the seas get higher As it burns, burns, burns the earth on fire taste of fame is sweet without this gig who'd listen to me so change your ways every man and child oh before the fire goes wild our whole world will be a burning ball of fire 
polar bears drown, drown as the seas get higher, as it burns, burns, burns the earth on fire. Yeah, Paul Shanklin from a number of years back. I can remember hearing that on the radio on the Rush Limbaugh program, and it it really, it seemed absurd then. It's even more absurd today that they keep trying to beat the same dead horse of climate change, and we only have 10 years left. When that parody song came out, for example, uh, we were told that by, oh, I don't know, uh, 2014, 2012, Somewhere in there, we were supposed to have, where I live in Florida, I should be underwater by now. It just didn't happen. We were told in 2005 that hurricanes would be increasingly worse, and we'd have them every year, hitting the United States. And then then after that, we went through a 10-year hiatus of like nothing hitting the United States. These people that make all their predictions of gloom and doom have consistently been wrong. Now, let's tie all of what we've been talking about just for these first moments of the program today. The mail running late. Supply chain issues and problems. Have you ever noticed that government is always in the center of the disaster that is about to occur? Outside of a true natural disaster, like an earthquake, or like or a major fire, which also government has something to do with, like in California, they don't even allow you to clean up the brush. In nature, before man came to California, there were constantly going to be fires that came and went. But no, today we just allow all this accumulated fuel of drying out and rotting out vegetation to become a major fire. When I first came to Florida, and we're talking a long time ago now, uh, back in the 1990s, I never dealt with, quote, a fire in a field. And then I found out they're rather common. Not every year, but some years, especially if you've had a drought year and things are dry. In an area with a lot of brush and scrub and some old trees, you'll have a lot of these fires near the interstate. And they're put out fairly quickly. And what's amazing is how beautiful the landscape comes back naturally. A friend of mine that has lived that lived his entire life in Florida once said, after God made Florida, he set the first fire. Because it's part of the way this, this land takes care of itself. And sometimes when we interfere with the processes of nature, we can make mistakes and make things worse. And I'm learning one thing. At age 67, I've learned one thing. Uh, Government is the most inefficient way to get help in most things done. Years ago, somebody pointed out the one thing the government can do fairly well is have a military. 
But outside of that, a lot of their programs are always excessively expensive, inefficient, taking more people to do a job that one or two people can do. That's just been the nature of the beast since the beginning of our nation, the United States. And over the years, as people begin to learn how to live off the government largesse, well, guess what? We have the kind of issues we see today. It's happened in Canada. It's happened in the United Kingdom. It's happened in Australia. We now have a supply chain issue. Is it all purely pandemic? Absolutely not. How did these boats end up, these big shipping container boats, end up waiting off the coast of California? Because California, who believes in this man-made climate change, is going to set the world on fire in the next five years if we don't do something about it like right now, had passed legislation forbidding older tractor-trailer trucks from being on their roads. Thus, you couldn't, a lot of truckers will not go to California to pull, it, pull goods out. California did a lot of damage to the United States in their quest to take care of the climate change issue. Now, like I said, I've been hearing about this climate change issue since 1970. Of course, then it was going to be global cooling. We're going into the next ice age. If man doesn't do something now, we must have done something because it went the other way. Suddenly, I guess we fixed global cooling and created global warming. So now we have to find a compromise back between the two points. Am I making any sense to you? I didn't really plan on getting into this issue this heavily. But go to the grocery store and look carefully. I noticed a lot of empty spots on the shelves this past week. I'd never seen empty spots like that on shelves before. You also, if you look carefully at how many layers of, you know, let's say green beans or something that are there, instead of it going all the way to the back of the shelf, they're only about one third of the way deep. It's because they're having shipping issues on a lot of items to our grocery stores, our home improvement centers and other places. We're increasingly in a world of hurt, and we're told all we have to do is get the vaccine and we'll be suddenly uh, COVID-proof. Did anybody listen at all to some of the the Supreme Court uh, hearing about the OSHA requirements of mandating vaccinations to companies with 100 or more employees? And I'm listening to the three most liberal justices on the bench spouting total misinformation, lies, garbage, made-up facts that don't exist. And this frightens me. When somebody says we have 100,000 children that are sick, really deadly ill with COVID, and they're on ventilators, 100,000. Turns out that's not true at all. We've had up to 3,000 kids sick. We've had more than that with the flu and other diseases over the years. And no, they're not on ventilators. But see, you have a justice of the United States Supreme Court, now a total, unashamed, worthless reprobate, deciding the law of our nation. A reprobate, when we have a reprobate court, our nation is condemned. Spouting facts that are not true. 
and acting like they are true. And what was even worse is nobody challenged her on this. That should know better that those figures were fake, phony, and just garbage. I I really, I, I pray for my nation. And I hope there's something that can be done. When the Pony Express can outdo today's modern postal service that keeps getting billions and billions of more dollars every year to subsidize them and their unions, and with all the computers and all the technology that has been plowed into the United States Postal Service, they're worse today than they were 50 years ago when they actually had to carry a lot more mail. I don't know about you, but I don't get as many bills in my um, mailbox anymore because we pay a lot of our stuff electronically. We use email instead of regular mail. And for a reason. The post office doesn't have as much to do technically compared to what they had to do just two decades ago. Yet they're, they're getting worse and worse by, by the year. How can that be? How can the post office become so, so bad? Once again, when you have little or no competition and you're subsidized and you have no incentive, you will always find your maximum of inefficiency, which is what has happened with the Postal Service. Now we have a country divided by vaccine and vaccine status. And I was thinking the other day, you walk into a, into a store, and if you got a tickle in your throat, you, you got a cough. How many of you are getting paranoid about coughing in public, waiting for somebody with a mask on to, you know, to yell at you, you got COVID, go away, you're going to kill me. Well, if you got your own mask and vaccination, shouldn't you be fine? I mean, whatever happened to the common cold? Whatever happened to the flu? What happened to a lot of things that we used to just take for granted and just go through in our daily lives? You know, I've been very fortunate in my life that I seldom get very sick with anything. I've just been very blessed because I was also the kid out there, you know, messing in the dirt and everything else. And, you know, just when I spent the summers or the weekends at the grandparents' house, The grandparents believed, you know, exposed me to everything. And I look at my brother David and my sister Maria. We're among the healthiest I know of because we were exposed to everything. And all of our friends that were put in bubble wrap are the ones that that are having troubles now, you know, in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. There is something about the immune system that God gave us. So right now we're a country divided on vaccine status. And if you look at it legitimately and honestly, when you have people like Justice uh, Breyer making statements, if everybody was vaccinated tomorrow, the pandemic would be over. And nothing could be farther from the truth. Apparently, nobody ever bothered to tell Stephen Breyer that these vaccines do not stop you from getting or spreading COVID-19. End of discussion. So he is misinformed on the bench. Judge Justice Sotomayor is misinformed. Kagan, misinformed. Spouting total fabricated 
idiotic nonsense, the talking points of the extreme leftists of this country and world that are using this pandemic for their own personal their own personal gains and end. I look back to 2020, two years ago. Two years ago, this whole pandemic thing or some virus in China was just a quiet bit of noise in the background of the news. We were told then by the same experts telling us to get vaccinated. These are the same experts now. Remember this. That this uh, particular uh, virus was not harmful to humans and not very contagious. That's what we were told. Anthony Fauci said that. Others said it. The WHO said it. But as soon as they, ever, they all figured out how to use this thing, the face diapers came out. People, some were declared essential. Others were declared, declared non-essential. Have you ever thought about that? How do, I mean, how does, somebody, how does somebody cope with being told you're not essential? Your business, your life, your family, your home, your life savings, your work is non-essential. Think about that for a moment. Let's just stop here and just go with this for just a moment. So you have a family restaurant two years ago in 2020. You're hoping for a good year. This restaurant has been in your family maybe a generation or two. And maybe you hope to pass it on to your kids or grandkids. And then somebody... Somebody at the CDC, somebody at the federal government level, somebody at a local or state level decides your business is non-essential. You must close your doors. Maybe you can do, um, you know, call in and, and drive up service, but you can't have your restaurant. Many of them shut their doors and have never reopened because they were declared unessential. How do you think that makes them feel? And who who gave government the right to decide what's essential and non-essential? And here's what really angers me to this day, because I did some work for government. I finally said, I'm not doing this. I'm not playing your game anymore. I came out of retirement in good faith. And as all of this started happening, essential, non-essential, curfews, and what have you, the fallacy and the stupidity and the hip hypocrisy became very, very present very quickly. And I couldn't take it anymore. I had to leave. And I spent the remainder of the spring and summer debating doing this radio program. And that's when I started it in, in 2020. I, I couldn't take it anymore. I was seeing firsthand the lies. I was seeing firsthand. You know, I want you to think. County government, I'm not going to say what county it was. It happened pretty much universally across the United States. And this was, shall we say, a blue county. All of their government workers were considered essential. All of them. Didn't matter what they did. I mean, parks and recreation, they're essential, even though the parks were closed and you couldn't go out and have recreation. But see, their personnel, because they're government, 
they got to get they got to come to work in their pajamas on a Zoom screen and they saw their paychecks come in direct deposited to their bank accounts their benefits health insurance retirement and what have you remained intact because see their government they must be essential but if you had a small store didn't matter if you lost it didn't matter if you got evicted didn't matter to the government See, the government's attitude was, I got mine. I don't care about you. And if you don't pay your taxes, we'll take your house too. The pandemic proved to me one thing. Governments have too much power. Governments are self-grandiized. Uh, and they're, they're built to perpetuate themselves Forever. Our federal government spends money we, we do not have, has put every man, woman, and child in this country into massive debt that we'll never be able to pay. And that worries me going forward. What's the United States going to do when that bill comes due? What kind of war are we going to find ourselves in? That's my concern. Will we end up being in some kind of a war because we can't pay our bills. Our government did quite well for many, many years without an income tax, without the Federal Reserve, and by having senators appointed by the various state legislatures. And, and maybe you didn't know this, but I'm about to share this. I know a lot of people do, but a lot of people don't. I didn't learn this until a little bit later. After, and I, I don't think I remember hearing this in high school. Maybe I did, and maybe I wasn't paying attention. But here's the one thing I do know: there was a time that if you were a United States senator, you had to answer to your state legislature. You didn't answer to anybody else but the state, and that was to give the states a voice. In the federal government. Woodrow Wilson didn't like that idea. Woodrow Wilson wanted a Federal Reserve, which is a bunch of private bankers who he liked to run our money. He wanted the Senate to be directly elected, which means that you take the voice of the state out of the federal government and add the income tax. You have, with those three things combined, the federal government has grown like a cancer across our land and has too much influence on our lives too many departments all right so there's my rant and rave for this first segment of the program it was totally unplanned i have other things on my desk i meant to get to as i said at the beginning of the program mail is getting to me a lot later than i expected and it has nothing to do with the service that i'm using because they, they show all the mail that comes in on a daily basis, and I'm seeing a lot of that mail. We Some are almost 17 days getting from, um, you know, somewhere in the north down to, uh, down to Florida. 17 days for some of these letters. I think there's several of them postmarked the 20th and a couple of the 23rd and others that were postmarked, um, you know, the 27th of December. They're just getting into Florida now, just so you know. But even so, if you can help us with our ministry expenses for 
as we are taking care of our bills. Um, you can help us by making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. And our mailing address is 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248. And we are in Crestview, Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's Crestview, Florida, 32536. And you can also support us from our webpage, which is Truth, the number two ponder.com. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The Ant Heart coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Proverbs 6, verse 6 says, go to the ant. we got a lot to learn from the ant. Well, you know what? Here's something we can learn. Ants don't do things half-heartedly. An ant does what it's doing with all its heart. Now, admittedly, it doesn't have much of a heart, but what heart it does have, it uses all of it. When it picks up a breadcrumb three times its size, it's not thinking about being somewhere else. It's not picturing itself on a raft in, uh, in the Caribbean with sunglasses and a coconut milkshake. It's thinking about the breadcrumb. There's no deliberation, no back and forth, just does it. Now, there's wisdom in the wisdom of an ant. You know, we as human believers often are not as wise as ants. We do things without our whole heart. We do things with half a heart. How? Well, we do one thing, we're thinking of another. We do one thing, but we're complaining about it. Our heart's not in it. Or we do something by rote. Or we don't really believe in what we're doing. We just go through the motions. You know, we do what we we think is wrong. We have a divided heart. You see, an ant is wise. You want victory? Then go to the ant. It's simple. Learn from the ant. Whatever you do, do it with your whole heart. If you can't do it with your whole heart, don't do it. Okay? If you're on your job, Work with your whole heart. Do what you believe in and believe in what you do. Very simple. Do what you know is right and then you will know what is right in what you do. If you're a father, do your duties not grudgingly. If you're a wife, don't do it grudgingly. Do it with all your heart. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart. Serve the Lord with all your heart. Serve the Lord with gladness. Be as wise as an ant. Want more? Ask for Go to the Ant. Now, hidden for 2,000 years, the awesome, unprecedented mystery, the temple doors and sapphires guaranteed to bless your socks off and make you strong in the Lord. How do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now, I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and to all the unreached peoples around the globe. It's amazing. Shortwave Radio, you can blanket the earth. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll touch the world. It's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now, you can write me direct. Here's how. It's right to the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's Box 1111. That's in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Now, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, be as wise as the ant, my friend. Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you in Messiah. Or Haolam, the light of the world. This is Truth to Ponder 
with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Monday edition of Truth to Ponder, 10th day of January, about one, one third through the first month. Where, once again, I, I learned this from my grandparents and parents who'd always tell me when I was young, as you get older, time seems to move faster. And how true that is. Here we are, already 10th day in January. Where Where's this month gone? It's just flying by. Well, I want to get back to a few other topics today on the program. I just thought reminding you that we have a supply chain issue for many of the goods that we're looking for should be a stark reminder of what we let here in the United States. And, and it's true in Canada and other places. How dependent we become on China for so many of our goods and services and stuff. How many of you have a computer? How many of you have a smartphone? And for that matter, how many of you folks have a TV set? Well, where are those things made? How many of these smartphones are made in the United States? How many of these computers are made in the USA? Pretty much zero. Too many of our, our, our consumer goods come from China, which when you have a supply chain interruption caused by a intellectually bankrupt state or state government like California, oh yes, we need electric trucks on the road. We need to get rid of all those vehicles that are like eight, nine years old. Governor Newsom apparently doesn't understand how long a tractor trailer is designed to last. Maybe in his millionaire, billionaire world, he can afford to trade cars whenever he wants to on a dime. But an independent trucker, he buys that very expensive rig and pays it off and hopes to get his money back over a period of like a decade or more. He can't be trading it in just because Governor Newsom says, I want you to have a newer vehicle. Not that the newer vehicle has such a different standard in terms of pollution. But see, we've allowed ourselves in this country to become too dependent upon a state like California for the ports of call where a reprobate governor like Gavin Newsom can stand in the way uh, of you and your new toy from China. But that should be a reminder that maybe we should be making a lot more of this stuff in the United States. Now, I'm going to give the company Samsung some credit. And I'll tell you that from personal experience, they make lousy appliances, but very good cell phones. They're building a chip factory in Texas to hire Americans to build chips in the United States, computer chips. Before you get all upset, oh, computer chips, they're, they're, they're dangerous. Well, anything can be dangerous in the wrong hands. I, I can remember not that many weeks ago having to get our car serviced. It was that time. And I guess it was back in eh, November. Went to the car lot. And I noticed there was very few new cars in the lot. They had some old, they had, they had a fairly good number of used cars, but the but the lot seemed empty. 
And I, I said, you guys, you guys moving or something, going out of business? And they said, no, we just can't get cars because there's a chip shortage. Too many of those chips were made overseas in China. And companies like GM and Ford and Chrysler couldn't build cars or had limited ability because certain chips were no longer available to them. This is going to be an increasing problem. We, we allowed ourselves to become so... Look, the globalists want no borders. They want it to just be one world under one government. And the argument's going to be, who's going to run that world government? I, I see, in my own personal opinion, the, the EU, the European Union, to me is one of the most dangerous things out there. If there was ever a... I'm going to get somebody mad here, but I'm going to say it anyway. If there ever was a precursor to bring back the Fourth Reich instead of the Third Reich, it's going to be the EU. It's in their DNA to be authoritarian. It's in their DNA, you know, to want to be treated like a god. Look at Europe, where it's been over the over the centuries. And now you have a Europe post-World War II that wants to be powerful again in the world. And the EU government, they want to be very authoritarian. They want to have total control over your life. Saw an article the other day, Canada. This happened over the weekend. That under Canadian law, parts of the Bible are now declared myth. You may not know that, but under Canadian law, a country founded on religious liberty, free speech, just like its neighbor to the south, now by law is declaring parts of the Bible purely a myth. Officially, by Canadian government standards, which makes perfect sense when you look at their man-child moron of a leader by the, by the name Justin Little Boy Trudeau who wants to be a globalist. And the last thing he needs is Christianity standing between him and his ego. Same with those in the EU. The last thing they need is having sin declared as sin because they, they can't have that. Anything that has to do with human sexuality now is considered a myth in Canada. In other words, any biblical admonition about uh, marriages between a man and a woman um, is a myth. It can be between a man and a, and a man and a woman and a woman, uh, maybe a man and his pet. I don't know where it's going to end. Maybe a, maybe a 40-year-old man and a seven-year-old boy, for all I know. That's where, they're, that's where this is heading. People laugh at me when I say stuff like that, but little by little by little, I can remember back in the uh, early 2000s, I said, the day's going to come when you're going to see two men walking down the aisle in a church getting married. And people said, oh, that'll never happen, Bob. Can't happen. Well, it did. In 2015, it did. 
and the lawsuits fly if you don't believe in it. In, a, in other words, this counterculture out there that wants to, it, well, I call it, the, it's just the cancel culture. They want to put fear into anybody to dare speak their mind. The stuff that I'm saying today, most of what I've said today on this program would get me kicked off Twitter, get me thrown off of Facebook. Pretty much, I would be silenced. I'd, be, I'd become a non-person. And I'd be called everything from a bigot to a homophobe to a, phobe to a racist, uh, you name it, whatever terms they're using this week. If you believe in a Judeo-Christian ethic, you're already marked. So in Canada, if you believe in marriages between a man and a woman, you're believing in a myth, according to your government now in Canada. When's it going to end? What's going to end it? How far are they going to decline your nation? whether it's the United States, whether it's Australia, whether it's the United Kingdom, New Zealand, Germany, France. How, how low can you go before you can never crawl back out of the sewer? And I watch my nation rapidly in decline. I, I, listen, I, I, read, I read some of these comments on certain news stories, and, and I watch people just believing the lie and they believe it with every ounce of their being, and they'll scream obscenities at you if you dare challenge their belief system. Try to tell them the truth. They want to cover their ears, close their eyes, and shout and scream. They don't want to know the truth because the truth will destroy their their narrative. And for them, the narrative is all they've got. I look at Joe Biden, the president of my country. I believe that he's a fraudulent president. I believe that he was not duly elected. And I believe there was sufficient enough cheating uh, to push him over the top. There's no way in this world that he got 7 million more votes than any other president in in history in the middle of a pandemic. But I do know that I believe the year 2022 may be a year with some truth. I just, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I have this reoccurring dream of this curtain being pulled back and a shining light looking at all the machinery that has been used to deceive you and I being briefly exposed. Now, Will everybody recognize that truth? Absolutely not. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians that there are those that are given over to mass delusion because they've chosen to believe the lie. And so they are so into the lie, they will deny the truth even when it's in front of them. I believe I said it last week. Look at the end of World War II in Germany. You had the Russians approaching from the east and you had the allies Approaching from the West, heading toward Berlin. You're now in the month of April, early April. And the German propaganda machine on radio, in newspapers, in theaters is still pushing out the word, we are winning the war. 
it's a tough time, but we are going to win this war. Many people knew. They knew firsthand from those that had been on the front. The stories they were getting from people they could trust telling them otherwise. But they dare not speak that truth or the Gestapo would silence them. And then you have others that because of mass formation, because of what Hitler did to his people, carefully propaganda, manipulation, and fear, it's almost like the Stockholm Syndrome. Dear sweet grandmothers in Germany, you know, just just waving their their Nazi flag and, and believing that Hitler was good for their homeland. Believing the lie. There were many in Germany when it became apparent that the Russians were now coming down Main Street in Berlin, the Americans on the other side, and Hitler's dead. There were those that were so committed to the lie that they still believed that they could win, even as all was lost. The funny thing is, who didn't believe the lie? I want you to think about this one. Who didn't believe the lie? Those at the upper level of command in the Nazi party. They were bailing out for Argentina and places unknown. They knew it was over. They let the people fend for themselves as they cowardly disappeared and tried to get away. You know, evil always is run by cowards. They want others to do the dirty work for them. They want others to put their lives at risk, their fortunes at risk for the cause. The United, the uh, European Union, to me, is going to be a very dangerous part, in my opinion, of eschatology, the end time things. I, I just see them, I see that organization as a great danger. Now, I saw this little little story I want to quickly share with you to show you what's going on in Europe. It comes under the headline of uh, where's the vaccine mandate they promised us. And this is um, written by Daniel Broschler, a reporter for a publication in Germany. Highly disappointed because last week's Corona Summit of the German minister returned nothing but some adjustments to quarantine and sharpened testing rules. And now the double vaccinated will have to submit negative tests if they want to eat at restaurants. I saw another story. Israel. Guy goes into a McDonald's to use one of those new electronic kiosk devices. And he had to verify his green card vaccine status. He couldn't. So he couldn't even order electronically food from McDonald's. Not that McDonald's serves food, serves something you can put in your mouth, but he couldn't even, can't even shop, go, go to McDonald's anymore in, in Israel. One of the most vaccinated nations on earth, and they still have people coming down with COVID. Who'd have thunk it? In Germany, they're beginning to change their tune a little bit, and I think it's going to happen across Europe, because you can't, 
it's hard to keep a certain this lie going about the vaccines forever. There seems to be this real push to get everybody jabbed as quick as they can, and everybody a third or a fourth, maybe a fifth, before it's all over. They want the they want as many in this world vaccinated before the truth comes out. Let me say it again. They want everybody vaccinated before the truth really comes out. Because when that truth comes out, you're going to find out that the statistics are beginning to show something interesting. These vaccines have are beginning to have, especially for the Omicron variant, a negative efficacy. In other words, instead of preventing, people that are fully or, or doubly vaccinated are more likely to come down with COVID. And I think a lot of governments are beginning to play around with this. They're trying to say, well, maybe we should tolerate some degree of transmission. And maybe you know, breakthrough infections should be considered just normal. And if you had said that two months ago in Germany, you would have been you know, pretty well shut down because they didn't want to believe it. Even in Austria, you know, Austria decided to really get back into the to, into the goose step of World War II and, you know, show their mighty strength. Austria, the, the three-time vaccinated chancellor, Karl Niemannhammer, has tested positive for, for COVID. And the news comes as Austria announced that they will delay implementing their vaccine mandate by two months. Now it'll take effect in April, if it ever takes effect at all. There's going to be some walking back. And and governments are going to try to hope that you're too stupid to remember anything. I mean, seriously. They're hoping you'll forget what you were told. Here in the United States, former Biden advisors have published a series of editorials in the Journal of American Medical Association, arguing now is the time to normalize the containment and begin managing SARS-CoV-2 as just a seasonal respiratory infection. And like someone writes, I don't understand why I'm triple vaccinated and still can't do anything. It's obvious we've hit a turning point. Maybe that's some of the good news I get to share today. Even if France, if sharpening vaccine requirements, even if they, if Italy imposed mandates for everyone over 50, even if Canada is for the moment determined to remain a prison state, guess what? The truth is going to come out. I believe God is going to expose the fraud, and we need to take advantage of this opportunity to take back control of our nations and to strengthen and encourage our churches. The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that silently spreads. There's an unspoken fear We're on our way down We must take America back Main Street to Wall Street Cities and states Washington, D.C. Before it's too late There's not long 
We need leaders who lead us, not stick us and bleed us, then ransom our future and our children's that's wrong. We must take America back as liberty weeps, our forefathers spin in their graves. Pray God will bless some way out of this mess. We must take America back. Lord knows they'll try to silence our voices. They'll pretend to be patriots fighting for fairness for all. They're not even fit to hold office What they believe doesn't fit with freedom at all We must take America back Main Street to Wall Street Cities and states Washington, D.C. Before it's too late, there's not long We need not stick us and bleed us and ransom our future and our children's that's wrong we must take America back as liberty weeps our forefathers spin in their graves pray God will bless some way out of this mess we must take America back I thoroughly understand when a lot of you who are listening to this program wonder why I can have such hope in the days and and months ahead. Now, I've read two different approaches about the Omicron variant. Some say it might have been made man-made to end the pandemic. Others just say it's a natural mutation. Either one is possible. But here's what it is doing. See, all those that are so pro-vaccine demanding that you get jabbed, and they're making the claim that, that uh, if, you, if everybody gets vaccinated, the world goes back to normal. And all this year of doing the vaccinations, the world did not go back to normal, even in places that achieved 
way beyond their expectation of the number of people vaccinated. In other words, it was all a farce. And now, as more and more are vaccinated and this new variant appears, this is going to take the wind out of the sails of we must vaccinate only. Now, you still have the adherents out there, just like those believing Germany's going to win. Here it is, you know, 1945. It's coming into April. We're still going to win. They're still going to be declaring it. But, you know, one of the things that could happen, at least for the short term, in my opinion, when people eventually figure this out, when people at CNN and MSNBC realize they were had and they were sucker punched to believe a lie, it's going to destroy a lot of faith in institutions like the Dr. Fauci's of this world. It's going to erode confidence in a lot of stuff, government and vaccines both. And it'll also do away with the fear of the virus. There might be some that still want to do containment, maybe in Australia. But I think we're learning that the face mask never worked. The lockdowns never worked. And the vaccines don't work. And even for those that are currently blinded, and I believe many are still blinded, a sufficient number of people are going to wake up and go, what just happened here? And even worse, a lot of people that I, I still see in social media talking about, I got the FDA-approved vaccine. And I'm going, where did you get it? Oh, it's the Pfizer. And I'm going, so it said uh, Cormorinati on it. Well, I don't know. It's just the Pfizer vaccine. Weren't they approved? That fraudulent approval back in, in, uh, in August was a dog and pony show put on by our own federal government to fool you. And I hope that comes back to bite them as well. Remember, nobody's getting a fully approved vaccine. And that may be the undoing of a mandate for people in the military where it's possible if it's a fully FDA approved. And they may lose that case as well. Listen, our time is about up for today. If you can help us in supporting the ministry, visit our website, truththenumber2ponder.com. You can go to our support page and find out how to to mail your support, which, by the way, our mailing address is 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. We are in Crestview, Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's Crestview, Florida, 32536. Make your check payable to Ancient Word Radio, and we be very much in your debt. Now, until tomorrow, may God bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.